Happy Purim, babies. I'm Lorraine and I'm black. And I'm Sarah and I'm Jewish. Guys, yo, yo, yo. This is Learn Tough Podcast and we're here to learn ourselves up on black and Jewish stuff that we should already know but maybe don't so much. And today we're talking about Purim. We're going to talk about Purim. We're going to tell the story of Purim and I'm going to try to test my knowledge, my memory of what I think Purim is all about. And guess what? Spoiler, it's a little rusty. Yeah, so maybe this is a great time to hit pause and try to recall for yourself. How well do you know Purim? Do you know it backwards and forwards? Either way, hit play again and, and let's get learned up! <laughs> Happy Purim. Sarah, what are you dressed as? Well, can't you tell, Lorraine? I'm dressed as a banana. Oh, yeah. Your favorite fruit. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, you, what, are, what about you? Me? Um, I am dressed like a beautiful, tall, six-foot uh, drag queen um, with long legs and glitter all over my body. That's right. What's your drag name again? Um, uh, Couture Say. Wow. That's... Because that is my uh, bust size. <laughs> yeah. 14. Sure. 14. 14 C? Oh, oh no. God. That's horrible. That's like Marilyn Manson. Like, oh, I took out my ribs. Yeah. Like, oh, God, that would be such a horrible bust size, especially for a drag queen. Because it's like, girl, <laughs> you need to get those chicken cutlets. <laughs> Stuff them in your bra. <laughs> oh, uh, I just realized my um my debit card is in my it's pocket. just loose. Whoops. I find my debit card in weird places all the time and I think it's because I take it out to pay for gas and then mm-hmm. I forget to put it back in my wallet. So Yeah, that's that's kind of Is what that what's happened. happening here? Yeah, I was at a Starbucks drive-through and my my wallet was like deep in my backpack in the back seat mm. and so like I pulled it out to get my card, put my backpack back there, and then when the guy handed me my card back, I wasn't going to do all the business. I just put it right in my front little t-shirt mm. breast pocket like you see it here. And uh, just discovered it again. I'm glad I know where it is. What a delight. Was it at the Starbucks drive-thru on Highland and uh, whatever cross street that is? Actually, it was um, at Western and Fountain. Oh. That one. It's very, it's a clusterfuck. Ugh. It's a bad one. Yeah. So I don't recommend. Also, that I, I got a breakfast sandwich from there and they didn't like heat it up all the way through. They very hastily did it. And I was like biting into like icy meat. Oh, it was gross. <laughs> um, And also just about loose cards everywhere. As listeners know, who are like dedicated, hmm. devoted listeners, Sarah and I went to Vassar College together. We had something there called a V card. And no, it was not our virginity, although that was intact as well. (laughs) Uh, For some of us. (laughs) For some of us. There was this ID card that all the students had called a V card that had your 999 on it, which is your student ID. I would always stick my V card in my hair because it could stay. I would like just kind of, I would like have my big bun, like, you know, and I would just kind of like stick it through a strand and it would just chill and I could just like, boop, pop it out for the retreat, boop, pop it back in my hair. Did you do it purely for convenience or were you also kind of cultivating a look? I was definitely trying to be noticed. Yeah. I wanted people to be like, oh, she's different. Because at Vassar, it's so hard to be different. Right. You can't really. hard. Yeah. Because everyone is so different. Everyone is so different. Yeah. 
Um, my thing that I tried to make cool in Va- Vassar was carrying a bottle of scotch around in my purse with me. Oh, that's so cool and different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it would make people stop and say, gee, that girl's bag looks like it's really weighing her down. That's so funny. It was completely concealed. There's no way anyone would know. Right. But that was like your weird, quirky thing you were doing. I was really honestly just trying to get a guy to notice me and like me. And you know what? It worked. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Do you have like a little story? Well, or? We, um, I won't really go into it, but my friend and I would, uh, his code name henceforth became Scotch because ah. he was a Scotch fan and I was trying to woo him by getting nice. into Scotch and uh, just molding my identity to uh, his interests. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Like you do as a woman. Well, hey, that's not a bad segue into what we're talking about today strong women we are figuring out how to like you know what maybe maybe you are somewhat wrapped up in a guy's program and his identity but you find a way to punch your agenda through right and be there for your people right so look out for that on the next episode but on this episode no no, on this episode we're talking wait are we talking about women's issues on the porum episode are you kidding me Hello! The story of Purim? The story of Purim! Esther! Okay, wait, before you get into it... Well, just before you get into it... Okay! Esther had to Trojan horse that shit. She came in as a wifey person. Okay. And so everyone's thinking, oh, what's she doing? Just, just, just sidling up to a man and just letting him decide the fate of her and her people? Mm. No way! She's standing up for what she believes in. Well, that's a great interpretation... Let's get into it. I thought it would be fun if I tried to remember what Porum is about. And so I just from memory. So from like my childhood Sunday school years, when I think, yeah, that's probably the last time I like learned the story of Porum. So I decided to write a play based on what I thought Purim was about. Okay. And I would like to do now a reading of that. Okay. Um, let's cast it. Did you get it from me? I have received it. I did add like a little bit, some bells and whistles, but this is in essence what I thought the Purim story is. Okay. So I will read. And sta- when did you write this again? I wrote this yesterday. Oh, great. I yeah. love it. Um. In a bit of a rush. I'll read the two. I'll read Vashti and Esther and you read everyone else. Is that cool? And I'll read stage directions. Okay, Okay. great. Okay. Uh, So this is this is before I actually went to learn about what Purim is. So this is the Purim play pre-learned. And for some reason it has um, camera (laughs) directions, even though it's a play. Okay, great. Interior castle, bedroom, day. The year is a while ago. Definitely B.C. Queen Vashti, beautiful, very vain, is standing perfectly still in an elaborate gown posing for the court wardrobe artist who sketches her. This is how she picks her outfit for the day. It's like Cher and Clueless, but pre-Polaroid camera. If you get that reference. The artist has been here for eight hours. Absolutely radiant, your highness. I think this gown is a winner. Don't talk to me. Just draw. Then King Ahasuerus enters. He is genial and a little scared of Vashti. Hello, my darling. I was wondering if we could discuss the guest list for the party on Saturday. I already sent out the invites, so no. Ah, okay. Uh, I just, I thought we might discuss inviting some of my friends as well. <sighs> Fine, just this once. 
They're not Jewish, are they? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry, my darling. Why, why do you hate Jews again? I don't know. I'm just super prejudiced, I think. Everyone in this time is. Right. He kisses her hand. She bats him away. To the artist. Ugh, I moved. Start over. Interior castle, night. It's the night of the party. King Ahasuerus is mixing and mingling and having a great time. Then across the room, he spots a beautiful woman. Is her name Rachel? Sarah? Leah? Amidala? Esther! This is my brain process in real time. That's the one I just remembered. It's Esther. <laughs> King Ahasuerus turns to his servant. Servant, servant. Who is that beautiful woman? Her name is definitely Esther, sire. I think she's new in town. It's weird that my wife would invite her. I know, I know all of her friends, right? This must not be how the story goes. Just keep it going, your majesty. You should probably fall in love with Esther and leave your wife for her. Interior castle day. It's the next day. Queen Vashti is moving her stuff out. She and King Ahasuerus are splitting up. I'm honestly fine with this because I've been cheating on you. That makes sense. Interior castle day. It's Esther and Ahasuerus' wedding. There's a big reception. Everyone's dancing and getting crunk. Esther approaches her husband. My queen, this party is sick. It's also lit. These are ad-libs that Lorraine is adding into the script. Are you having a good time? Sorta. I just heard something pretty disturbing. That guy over there just made an anti-Semitic joke. Well, what's the issue? We all hate Jews, right? <laughs> Am I right, right? <laughs> Ahasuerus, I'm Jewish. Uh, wait, wait, what? Uh, yeah. And anti-Semitism is a deal-breaker for me. You want to rethink what you just said? Wait, shit, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I Look, I really don't hate Jews. I'm just super impressionable and need better values. I love you so much. Yeah, I love you so much. That must mean I love Jews. I want you to punish the man who made that remark. Okay, I will. Oh, what's his name? Haman. A servant enters with a loudspeaker. Okay, everybody, listen up. Now is the time in the story when Haman gets hanged for being an anti-Semitic dick. I think that's how this goes. Everyone at the party nods. A couple guards grab Haman, who is wearing a three-cornered hat and looking stupid, and take him to the square to be hanged. <laughs> Interior castle, day. <laughs> Thanks for hanging my enemy. Now we can eat hamantash, in which are pastries in the shape of the three-corner hat that Haman was wearing. Unlike Haman, these pastries are pretty sweet. And they don't hate Jews. True that. Happy Purim. <laughs> Embrace the end. <laughs> okay. Whoa. You did a great job, Lorraine. Thank you. So did you. Okay, thanks. So um, that was my uh, foggy memory of <laughs> the meaning of Purim, <laughs> the story of Purim. Pre-learned. Okay, now I know that the story goes actually a bit different. Um, which you clearly knew as well, because it sounds like you knew the story of Purim better than I did. Um, but before we actually talk about what the story of Purim is, I thought we would do a little segment where we call some Jews live on mic and uh, see if they can tell us what the story of Purim is. So the first person I'd like to call is my brother, 
and our music producer, Adam Isaacson. Let's give him a call. Hello, this is Adam. Uh, hello, Adam. This is Sarah from your family and Learn Up podcast. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Fine, thank you. Great. So I wanted to ask, Adam, what do you know about Purim? Uh, Purim, right? Yep. Uh, what do I know about Purim? A Purim is a holiday in the... Oh, gosh. Um, when is it? When is Purim? It's like, it's kind of, it's in the first half of our calendar year, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the um, celebration of the reading of the Megillah. Isn't that right? Okay. Uh, which, which is a text um, that's like full of uh, various folkloric stories, right? Uh, about uh, Esther and Miriam and their kind of uh, their capers. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like Thelma and Louise. <laughs> it's like that. It's like Thelma and Louise meets David and Goliath, right? Because mm-hmm. then there's like Golem also plays a role in Purim. Golem. Uh, did I say golem? Isn't Do you mean right? golem or like a golem? Um, or Goliath? Is that who you mean? So I just said David and Goliath. Did, is Goliath also part of the Purim? Goliath is oh. not part of the Purim story. Um, but you did get a couple things right. You mentioned Esther and you mentioned the Megillah. Um, right. Do you know like what sort of um, non-Jewish holiday Purim is kind of similar to in terms of like how people celebrate it? And like what they might do, uh, you know, it's not related to Easter because Passover and Easter are really like the, the kind of like the the tight knit cousins of, of holidays, right? Right, right, so, right, right. Wow, I'm so ashamed. I really hope that this. Is <laughs> you did awesome. Mission accomplished. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ab. Uh, I'm a little under the weather. Oh, feel better. Oh, I'm sorry, Boo. Thank you guys. Have a good rest of your record. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Love you. Okay, Wakanda forever. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay, I know who we should call next. We're going to call my good friend from college, Erica, and her best friend, Rebecca. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Hi, Hi. Erica. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. So we're talking about Purim today, and Sarah Isaacson, um, co-host of Learned Up, she did not know the Purim story that well before, like, like, learning about it again. And we want to hear from you guys. You can work together or tell it separate, whatever you want. Tell us the Purim story as you remember it right now. Okay. We're, I'm going to work backwards from the end. Sure. <laughs> to Go the for beginning. It. So the biggest hey. takeaway, yeah, <laughs> the biggest takeaway for, I think, both of us is Hamantaschen, which are the three corner triangle cookies that you could find in all the amazing Jewish bakeries of New York. We miss you in New York, Lorraine, just saying. Um, And um, the cookies are like a shortbreadish outside and inside are filled with different jellies and jam. Talk about the cookies. Yeah. We're just going (laughs) to talk about the cookies. (laughs) They're really good cookies. That is a great takeaway. It's true. To be fair. Yeah, they're really good. And the cookie is to remind us of Haman, 
who's the evil man or evil character in the story. And a lot of, and ironic, my bat mitzvah was this time um, 17 years ago. (laughs) And my whole Haftorah portion was about recognizing evil, like in our midst. And like being able to like recognize it and remember it. Yeah. So we eat the cookies in order to always remember Haman, who is evil. And like we, and, oh, sorry, Haman's hat, Haman wore a three-cornered triangle hat. <laughs> and the cookie is in the shape of his hat. So, so was it, I think he was an advisor to the king. And yes. he wanted to kill all the Jews. He was very, very anti-Semitic. So he tried to tell the king that he needed to kill all the Jews. And then there was, so we're still working back. King Achash. So the king has the second wife. So his second wife is Jewish. Her name is Esther, right? Yes. And, um, but Esther, she didn't tell him that she was Jewish because she wanted to be able to marry. Oh yeah. Because the king, I think, I think the king killed his first wife because she wouldn't, she wouldn't dance naked in front of everyone at this (gasps) big party. Mm. Yeah, so extremely mm. not cool. Um, but so, yeah, so she refused because she's a human being. Yeah. Yeah, but then he, he, his advisor told him to have her killed. So she was killed. Um, and then the king is looking for a new wife, I think. And I think that's where Esther comes in. And that's why he marries Esther. Yeah. Um, Esther, who's Jewish. And then somehow um, Haman, who is maybe his other advisor Amen. or something, he finds out that she's Jewish and Esther actually convinces the king not to kill all the Jews. I don't remember how she does that. This is incredible. You guys are really good at this. This is so thorough and so accurate. And just for for listeners sake, like we didn't prep them at all. Nope. We just texted them and we're like, we need to talk about this and then call them. You know, we really ate super school. So it's really paid off. Okay, you giggle heads. Okay, guys. We may or may not have met on birthright. So we just we just turned up. You're learning up. That's what I'm saying. Um, but what I want to add is that the really adorable part. Okay, so as you all may know, right now is like carnival time worldwide. So there was Rio de Janeiro. There was Trinidad Carnival. There was um, Fat Tuesday. There was uh, other ones. <laughs> And um, Ash Wednesday is, like, after that. So this is, like, carnival masquerade season for, like, all the religions and all the cultures. And so Purim is one of them. So Purim is all about masquerade. So for the holiday, everyone dresses up. And you dress up as one of these characters. So, like, every little girl is like, oh, my God, I'm going to be Queen Esther. And all the guys are like, I'm going to be Queen uh, King Achash. Achash. <laughs> and um, really, because he's really an asshole. And yeah. Advisor, yeah, you know, so that oh, we didn't tell the most fun part. So, in addition to the cookies, um, you read a so what happens is, and when I was in Israel, I got to see this, which was so awesome. Everyone goes to this synagogue, everyone dresses up, all the kids, and you're literally taking shots as they read. Oh, I didn't remember that part. So, then you read the story of Purim, which is called the Megillah. 
when you read it aloud, and every time you hear Haman's name, which is like in Hebrew is Haman, you scream like boo, <laughs> and you shake these McGroggers. Yes, <laughs> the noisemakers. McGroggers, and you shake them, and they make this like really awful spinning, yeah, like spinning. Like, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Becca's imitated. Yeah, awful. It's like before they invented spinners, um, <laughs> the Jews already had them, and. Yeah, and um, yeah, so you like spin these groggers and everyone's happy, and then what else happens? You finish the story, and then everyone eats hummus and, and drinks. You guys, you Always. nailed it. Yeah, you're, you totally you're nailed it. You're the queens it. of Purim. Cool. Great job. Yeah, that's, that's the story. You Thank know? you so much. Call, call us back on Passover, and we're really. <laughs> okay, we will. We actually we will. probably will. We can, actually, we can Skype you live from our Seder. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, let's just like both have satyrs on either sides of the call and we'll just FaceTime yes. the whole time. Except by coastal. That sounds great. Well, guys, we got to get back to recording, but thank you so much for calling in. Let's catch up soon, Erica. I got to call you. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Love bu- you a lot. Love Thanks you. Bye, honey. Bye. Bye. Damn. Holy shit. Wow. I should have just called her earlier and I wouldn't have had to do any Purim homework. I know. Oh Would have saved God. me a lot of time. So good. So that's essentially the story of Purim. So obviously I got a lot wrong in my like pre-learning version. Ahasuerus was a bad dude pretty much. Yeah, uh, bad he, dude. He did have his first wife, Queen Vashti, executed because she would not dance at this party in front of a bunch of men. I didn't know that part. Yeah. I didn't know that the wife got killed. I thought yeah. she just kind of got dismissed. I thought it was like she got too old. Yeah. And he was like, next, yeah. new wife. <laughs> well, he's did the same age. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And uh, yeah, so Esther, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything they left out, but Oh, they left out Mordecai. He's like a pretty yeah, big that's character. that's a really important part. Mordecai was Esther's like basically adopted father. He had raised her since she was young because she was an orphan. And he was like, okay, if you're going to go infiltrate this, you know, kingdom, whatever, uh, you got to keep your Jewish identity on the DL because it's not popular at this time to be Jewish because it was Persia in like the year 400 BC. Yeah. And um, yeah, people didn't love Jews. Jewish, Jewish people were like subservient um, and so she was like okay I won't tell anyone so she kept it a secret and um, then yeah the king appointed Haman who hated Jews and like one of his first decrees was that well first, his first decree was that everyone should bow down to him when he walks by and Mordecai wouldn't he was like I don't bow down to anyone because yeah. I'm um, Jewish and I believe in God and I don't bow to like human men Mm-hmm. Um, and also Haman, I think, wore like an idol around his neck or something. And that's very anti, you know, Jews. So Mordecai, gate, like, so Haman hated Mordecai and like went to the king and was like, this guy disobeyed me. I hate Jewish people. I want all Jews to be killed. And the king was like, yeah, I have no morals or principles. So that sounds good to me. So they issued this decree and Mordecai employed Esther, employed, <laughs> implored Esther, like, please, you have to do something. You're in, you're like, you're in good with the king. You're on the inner circle or in the inner circle. Like you got to do something. And Esther was like, I'm really afraid the king hasn't summoned me and you have to wait to be summoned by the king to do anything. Whatever. She goes without being summoned. She's like, I'm going to try this out. Before you continue, Mordecai said to her, like, girl, listen. Yeah. This is what's on the line. Yeah. Like if you don't just go in there and tell him like we're done for. Yeah. And by the way, you mm. and your family. Yeah. 
you were lost. Yeah. You will not be included no. in eternity. You won't be included in the book. Like, yeah. you're done. Yeah. So don't think you can be spared because yeah. you're a, a queen. And it's like, you know what? And by the way, Betch, we don't necessarily even need you. Like, God will save us in some other kind of way, but it won't be you. Yeah. So think about that. Yeah. Think so, about that right now. So Esther is considered like the hero of the story because she ultimately stands up for what she believes in and tells the king, please don't kill my people. And he listens to her. Um, but, and Haman is hanged. Um, but Mordecai is kind of the one like instilling these values in her and mm-hmm. making her sort of stand up for what she believes in. Um, and yeah. So anyway, both are good people. Haman is bad and Purim is fun. Yeah. And and it's like yes. the perfect holiday. We've we've talked about it a bunch on this podcast, but it's like the perfect holiday because it's like really simple story. You get in, you get out. Yep. And then the end is a great big party. And they and then it very simply is like, and that's why we celebrate Purim. The end. And you just celebrate it. No yep. questions asked. Nope. It makes perfect sense. It's a closed loop. Love it. And here uh, here we have some hamantaschen that I got at a gluten-free bakery that I've been wanting to try. Everything is gluten-free. A lot of things are vegan. These are not. Um, and they are, the flavors are raspberry, apricot, mm. and strawberry. Oh, my goodness. And there's two for each of us. One apricot, please. Please enjoy. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let's set it up. Make it, <laughs> make it pretty. Channel my Martha Stewart. Okay, while you guys take pics of cookies, I want to talk about, um, first of all, I want to give a shout out to um, a YouTube channel everyone (laughs) should watch, um, Rabbi Barel Wayne. He's got like 8,000 subs, and he has this video series, 5,000 Years of Jewish History, one video clip at a time. Nice. And he just talks to camera, tells it straight, tells you the story of Purim and anything else you want to learn about from Rabbi Barel Wayne. And he has like a really cool take and he kind of talks about how like this story, this story of Jewish salvation, Jewish people being saved. It is a story for the ages. Like you can pretty much um, like apply the lessons from the story onto like any underdog story, like any story of someone who's, you know, coming out of the dark and coming out on top, you can kind of apply this story to anything. It's very inspirational. Also, he said something, Purim, Yom Kippurim. (laughs) Purim and Yom Kippur are like polar opposites kind of, but in a way they complete each other. There's like, you know, like taking a moment to reflect and thinking about like suffering and your place and all of this. And then there's like party time, throw down, like we're free. I really like that. I love that. There's the fasting and then there's the indulging. I love it. Um, I also want to shout out. I found this uh, podcast episode vo- for like Vox Tablets podcast. Um, I it just if you are interested in hearing this, look up Heroics Aside. The story of Purim is the Bible's greatest farce. And this um, UC Berkeley professor, he's a comparative literature guy. His name is Robert Alter, and he worked on new translations of every book in the Bible. And so he wrote something um, strong as death is love. And that's his take on the book of Esther. And he sees this story as this like great farce or satire. It's not it's a fantasy story. Like there's no proof that this actually ever happened. Sure. Um, 
and no one knows who wrote it. Wait, you mean the Bible isn't real? <laughs> it's, but it's like, it's such an amazing story and it's so awesome and it's so like believable, but also did it really happen? Um, and it's one of the shortest books in the Bible. And it's one of the only books in the Bible that exists like purely for entertainment almost. Yeah, it's sort of supplemental almost. Yeah, God it's like, is never mentioned yeah. in it. Um, it's, it's pretty It's secular. not one of the five books of the Torah. It's... I don't even know where yeah, it's not the Megillah mentioned. is. Yeah, the Torah is um, not mentioned in the book of Esther. Right. It's a very small, concise, entertaining, like fun thing. And there's all this like sexual innuendo in it. It's kind of raunchy. It's like a fun little like. It's a fun romp. It's, yeah, it's a fun little insert. Like, thank you. And uh, I just, I love it. It's got a an, um, an SM, sorry. It's got an SFP. Strong female protagonist. <laughs> Love it. So that's my little bit that I just wanted to add in there. I'm so glad Lorraine's, you did. Lorraine's take on Purim. Other people's take on Purim. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eat some hamantaschen. L'chaim. L'chaim. Yo, yo, everybody. It's Rich Savitz owner and CEO of the Jewish Bouncer Service, Shalom means goodbye. Did you post an invite to your Purim party on Facebook and accidentally make it public? And now you got a weird skinhead in your living room eating all your Doritos and freaking people out? You need to call Shalom means goodbye. We'll kick that Dorito-loving Nazi out of there faster than you can say, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, hasher kitshanu, b'mitzvatav vitzivanu, l'had likner, shel Hanukkah. That was the prayer you say on Hanukkah. Who are the bouncers of Shalom means goodbye? We have Levi, Jeremy, Ben L, Ari, Simon, Ben W, and Asher Roth. All of these bouncers are at least six foot two and over 250 pounds of rock-hard muscle. And by the way, Ari and Ben W. are single. Call Shalom Means Goodbye today at 1-800-GOODBYE, and you'll receive 25% off your first bouncer if you mention Learned Up when you call. Shalom Means Goodbye. Hello, peace. Goodbye, problem people. Yo, what's up? This episode of Learned Up is also brought to you by Vibranium Wakanda Forever! Thank you, goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. Mad props to Campfire Media. Thank you for keeping this podcast party going. Thank you to Judaism for such hits as Purim. Yes. Thank you to Adam Isaacson for participating in this podcast episode and also for doing our music. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. Yes. Thank you forever to the listeners. And thank you to cool listeners like Erica Licht and her BFF, Rebecca, for chiming in and helping to inform the topic today. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the coolest thing about Learned Up is that we're always learning and growing every episode and we really can't do it without you guys. So thank you mm. for always, you know, checking in with mm -hmm. us and helping us do our thing. Yeah. Yep. 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 Keeping us on track. And if you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, please follow us on social media. We're at Learned Up Podcast wherever 
And I don't know. I mean, I guess that's it, Lorraine. That's uh, it. Till next time. Uh, hee hee. <laughs> uh, bye. powers and i host the wild cozy truth podcast a space for women to own our stories find strength and vulnerability and stand naked in truth each episode i share a personal essay and then interview an ordinary woman about her extraordinary stories from faith and politics to the messiness of motherhood and more become a wild woman truth teller by subscribing to wild cozy truth on itunes or google play or learn more at wildcozytruth.com.